him for some water. Do you guys want to open up your Bibles to Philippians 3? My goodness, God is good. Man, when you think you've, you've worshipped him, you can just go deeper and deeper and man, just let loose. God is good. God is good and faithful and worthy and worthy. Thank you. Many of you know we've been doing some amazing things. Um, we're just preaching the gospel, just going crazy, preaching the gospel everywhere we go. You know, so I'm glad we got that down, amen? And we're just spreading the word just all around, and it's just it's not even a, like a burden. It's not even just a task. It's something that we want to do. That's amazing, and I just want to say that it's, it's wonderful to share that, you know, with brothers and sisters, the desire to get the, the message out to people about how important it is to, to have Christ in their lives. And... Um, Man, I, God has been showing us some crazy things. If you guys haven't heard, like demons were cast out on Friday. It was just nuts in here. It was crazy. Um, and we, we're seeing it more and more. We're seeing people get healed. We're seeing people get words of, of knowledge and, and um, just prophecy. And, and it's just so mighty how God is just so uh, mighty to save, you know. It's beautiful. And, and I'm just, I feel like, man, I, I'm falling in love with Jesus more than I ever have before. And I'm saying, God, what else? You know, what more? I don't want to get comfortable. I don't want to just be in this place where it's just like, man, I just sing a couple of songs and I, and I do the ministry and, and that's it because I know there's more. Amen? If you believe there's more, say amen, amen. amen, amen. There's more and there's more. And so just God's been breaking my heart, you know, in, in like the most random places. And, and it's just like um, God's showing me things. And I'm like, God, what is it? How can we come closer to you? And he took me to a scripture in Philippians, which I'm going to read first. Philippians 3, 10. This is Paul speaking, and he says, I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, and so somehow to attain the resurrection of the dead. I'm going to read that again. So he says, he's writing to the people in uh, Philippi. He says, I want to know Christ and the power of, of his resurrection and the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death, man. Who wants to share in sufferings? Well, yeah, you might say that, but I, who really likes sufferings in this place, man? I know some people in this place have stories, man, who've gone through some things, some pain. Suffering's not always, it's not good. You don't rejoice in suffering. We're going to go to the beginning of Philippians 3. Um, Paul is writing to the people in Philippi from, from prison, all right? And this is how he, he starts off this, um, this chapter right here. It says, uh, finally, my brothers, rejoice in the Lord. It is no trouble for me to write the same things to you again. And it is a safeguard for you. It says, watch out for those dogs. Everybody say dogs. <laughs> those men who do evil, those mutilators of the flesh, for it is we who are, who, are of, who are the circumcision, we who worship by the Spirit of God, who glory in Christ Jesus, and who put no confidence in the flesh. Everybody say, no confidence in the flesh. 
Though I myself have reasons for such confidence. Let me stop there. Okay. See, Paul, that wasn't very nice what Paul just said, right? He just called some people dogs. All right? So before, the, this term was used for the Gentiles. The Jews would call the Gentiles dogs because they would, they would attack, you know, wild dogs running around the street, attack and, um, and are, have no owner. So the Gentiles didn't have a no owner, right? They didn't have a god. They were pagans in the eyes of the Jews. But here Paul is calling the Jews the dogs. Amen? So here we go. Isn't that something? And you want to think like we have to be all nice and kind all the time. Sometimes you just got to tell it like it is. Amen? Say, tell it like it is. Tell it like it is. Okay. And he says, if anyone else thinks he has reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised on the eighth day of the people of Israel. Of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, in regard to the law of Pharisee, as for zeal, persecuting the church, as for legalistic righteousness, faultless. Come on. But whatever was to my profit, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss compared to the surpassing greatness of knowing Christ Jesus my Lord. For whose sake I have lost all things. I consider them rubbish that I may gain Christ and be found in him. Not having a righteousness of my own that comes from the law. But that which is through the faith in Christ. The righteousness that comes from God and, it, and is by faith. I want to know Christ and the power of his resurrection. And the fellowship of sharing in his sufferings. Becoming like him in death. And so somehow to obtain the resurrection from the dead. Amen. Come on. That, that touches me right there. Come on. Here's Paul. You think Paul doesn't know who Jesus Christ is? He doesn't know who God is? He saw him after a first encounter with him. He gives his life over to Christ because it was powerful. Paul was persecuting the church. Paul was a Gentile. I'm sorry. Paul was a Jew. And if anything, he had every right to boast. He had every right to say, I don't need Christ. I don't need to walk in his shoes. I don't need to suffer because I am saved. According to the previous covenant, he was perfect. He was perfect. He knew the law. He knew who God was. And he did everything the religious way. If anybody had any reason to boast, it was Paul. But he says, I want to know Christ more. I want to suffer. I want to suffer. I want to feel what he feels. Amen? In this place, we have to feel, we have to desire to know what God feels. Sometimes we get comfortable and we forget what Jesus did on that cross. How many times have we taken communion in this place? And I just feel like, oh my goodness, Lord, what am I doing? Here I am, it's the first of the month. Have I thought about the cross? Just actually sat down and thought about the cross and what you accomplished that day? How much you went through to even get to that cross? All the pain and the suffering that you had to go through before you got to that cross. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Where when you go and preach the gospel and you talk about the cross, people just say, oh yeah, he died for my sins. I was just talking to, to a man earlier today and he says, say, do you know who Christ is? He says, oh yeah, he died on the cross. And it's just, it's just like nothing. He died on the cross for our sins and he accomplished something. He accomplished your soul. He's saving your soul, but you have one thing to do and that's to come to him. Give him your life. Lay it down. People think that they don't have to suffer and as Christians, we have every right to have the best life. The best life with no problems. Everything needs to be perfect. When you come to Christ, Christians have no problems. Let me tell you something. You got something else coming. 
Paul loved God. He loved God so much and Jesus Christ so much that he laid his life down. And as he's in prison, he's in prison and he's speaking about rejoicing in the Lord. Come on, joy is from within. Joy is not just something I'm happy all the time. Joy, pure, genuine joy comes from the Holy Spirit. Joy from the Holy Spirit is when you're facing hell, when you're going through hell and you feel like there's nothing else you can stop and you can lift up your hands and you can praise God and you can say, Hallelujah, Jesus. I know you're with me, Jesus. You can be locked up. You can be in prison. You can have bills all the way to the ceiling and you can say, Lord, you are faithful. Lord, you are wonderful. And I'm going to make you known. I don't care what my circumstances are around me. I'm going to make you known. And that was Paul preaching to the, to the church in Philippi. And he still doesn't, he doesn't have enough of Christ. Come on, he's suffering for him. He's seen him. He's had visions. He's being persecuted. People want to kill him. And he says, I want to know Christ. I want to fellowship in the sufferings of Christ. Have you ever seen someone in pain? And you'd be like, man, I wish I could do anything to take that pain away from them. Do you, have you ever felt that way? Have you ever seen someone in physical pain? And they're going through hell, and you wish that you could just take that from them and stand in their shoes so that they didn't have to go through that pain? Well, here Paul's saying, I want that. Lord, I want to share in that, Lord, because I know what you went through. And I want to feel a little bit of that, Lord. I want to feel a little bit of that. I want to know the power of your resurrection. Well, guess what? Before the power that Christians have in this place comes, we have to die. We have to die to ourselves. Before something resurrects, before someone resurrects, they have to die. Guess what? In this place, we have to die daily. And I know that we love Christ and we love being in his presence. And boy, his presence is sweet. Amen? His presence is sweet, but there's more. Lord, now that you've blessed us, Lord, now that we have it all together, now that we can come and, and worship is just beautiful and it's not a burden and prayer is not a burden anymore, Lord. Now that I have it all together, now that you've washed me and sanctified me, Lord, now I want to share. I want to share with you, Lord. I want to partake in that suffering, Lord. I want to know what you feel. That's our next prayer. Our prayer is, Lord, let me feel what you feel. What did it mean, Lord, when you died on that cross? Come on, it's, it wasn't a glorious life that Jesus Christ lived in this world. It wasn't. Paul had everything. Paul had the position. He had the title. He had the power. He had the authority. He probably had the money. Paul had it all. And he left it all and he considered it rubbish compared to knowing Jesus Christ. He considered it nothing, absolutely nothing compared to, to knowing Jesus Christ and at that losing everything. He lost his position. Come on, some of us in this place need to lose our position. We need to lower ourselves. We need to understand that we are nothing. Lose our position. Lose the titles. Lose this, this thinking, thinking up here and say, Lord, I want to share with you. And it doesn't matter if I lose some family members on the way. And it doesn't matter if I lose some friends or if I lose my career, if I lose my retirement plan. Lord, it doesn't matter because I want to follow you. See, this walk is not for, for weak people. This walk is for soldiers. This walk is for people who want to lay down their lives and follow Christ. So Paul wants to be like Jesus Christ. So let's talk about Jesus Christ's ministry. Being denied by his own family members. 
being called a liar, being followed to be killed, denied by people in his own hometown, including his family. He was deserted by the very people he fed. His disciples deserted him as well. And he was used by people for miracles. Come on. Even, do you understand, like, sometimes in our walk, we have doubts. We, we're not, we're human in this place, amen? We have doubts, don't we? Was that God? Was that, was that God who was telling me that? Lord, am I saved? Lord, did I just mess up? Was that like the last straw? Lord, you know, we have doubts. We're human. Do you understand that his disciples had doubts as well? What if, what if they're walking with Jesus and they're being persecuted and they're like, man, is this really the Messiah? Like, you know, if this really was the Messiah, maybe we probably wouldn't be uh, getting threatened. If this really was the Messiah, why is this storm coming right now and he's sleeping? Shouldn't he know there's a storm coming? You know, if this really is the king of kings that we've been waiting for, why are we going through so much trouble? Why do people hate us so much? You think they didn't think like that? You think that Jesus didn't know their hearts? But he still loved them. He still poured into them. He still, they, he still shared with them. He still fellowshiped with them and loved them. And the last thing, of course, that we know that he, he was crucified. And before he was crucified, he was betrayed by one of his own. Are you sure that's the kind of life that you want to partake in? Is this, is this what you guys want? I'm, I'm asking you a question. Do you understand that when you give your life over to Christ, he's not promising you blessings after blessing after blessing. Yes, you'll be blessed. But maybe it, it won't be according to, to what you think blessings are. Let's turn to Matthew 5. I just love this. I love reading Matthew 5. It gives me a wake-up call. Is it Matthew 5? Yeah. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Let me start in the beginning. Now when he saw the crowds, he went up to the mountainside and sat down, and his disciples came to him, and he began to teach them, saying, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Everybody say poor in spirit. Blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Everybody say mourn. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Everybody say meek. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. Everybody say hunger and thirst. Blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Everybody say merciful. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Pure in heart. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called sons of God. They say peacemakers. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of God. Blessed are you when, you, when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way they persecuted the prophets who were before you. That's blessed, brothers and sisters. That's blessed. Total opposite of what our society considers blessed. Blessed if you have all your bills paid and if you have a nice house and if you have a nice car and you have children and you have a white picket fence. That's blessed. Blessed if you have a vacation, two vacations a year. Blessed. That's blessed. 
That's not what this says right here. God is looking for the brokenhearted, for the poor in spirit. He's looking for, for the humble. He's looking for the humble. He's looking for people that he can pour himself into and he can use. Paul left it all behind. Have you left some things behind? You know, when we come to Christ, we leave lots of things behind, especially those who have had encounters with Christ where he's just knocked at your door and you opened it while you leave some things behind. My question to you is, have you gone back to pick up those things? Have you gone back to pick up the things that you dropped off the day you gave Christ your life? Have you gone back to pick up bitterness and anger? Have you gone back to pick up sex or pornography? Have you gone back? Have you gone back to those things? Has that experience gotten old to you? Don't let the cross get old to you. Forget that day. Yes, that was an experience, but we don't live by experiences alone. We live off the truth, and the truth is that Jesus Christ came as a man, and he died on that cross for you and I. He was tortured. He experienced physical pain, emotional pain for you and I, and he gave his life all for you specifically thought about each and every person, and he said they are worth it. He paid the debt that we could never pay. He did it all for us. Don't let the cross get old. Let us share in the sufferings of Christ. If you feel you're there with Christ and you've never been there, guess what? There is more. There is more. There is more. There's more when you can feel what Christ feels, and then with that passionate desire, go out into this world and pour it out into others. When that fire just starts burning inside of you, when you know that you know that you know that you are saved and that he's walking with you. And the promise is when he said he would walk with you and co-labor with you, he's literally walking right next to you. And that you're not alone. In your deepest, darkest hour, you're not alone. He's with you. That's beautiful. Let us share with him the way that he shares with us. It's not about us anymore. Let us share with Christ. Let us share in the pain and the joy. Let us share in the pain and the joy. Because guess what happens after you die? After the death, you resurrect. And when you resurrect, there's power in that resurrection. But some people don't get to that part. Some people can't even die to their flesh one bit. They don't get to the resurrection part. They don't get to the part where they are able to see that they are victorious in Christ Jesus alone. Amen? Lord, God is good. God is amazing. He's wonderful. And I want to share with you this, what I read in, in this book, Portrait for Christ, by Richard Wormbrand. It's free. If you go to persecution.com. So just give me a second to open up the page. How many of you have this book? Okay. I'm done reading it, so anybody who wants to borrow it can take it. This is uh, Richard who is uh, witnessing to this Orthodox priest. It says, an Orthodox priest, a friend of mine, telephoned me and told me that a Russian officer had come to him to confess. My friend did not know Russian. However, knowing that I speak Russian, he had given him my address. The next day, this man came to see me. He longed for God, but he had never seen a Bible. He had no religious education and never attended religious services. Churches in Russia then were very scarce. He loved God with the slightest knowledge of him. Hold on, let me flip the page. He says, I read to him the Sermon on the Mount and the parables of Jesus. After hearing them, he danced around the room in rapturous joy, proclaiming, what a wonderful beauty. How could I live without knowing this Christ? It was the first time that I saw someone so joyful in Christ that I made a mistake. 
I read to him the passion and the crucifixion of Christ without having prepared him for this. He had not expected it. And when he heard how Christ was beaten, how he was crucified and that in the end he died, he fell into an armchair and began to weep bitterly. He had believed in a Savior and now his Savior was dead. I looked at him and was ashamed. I had called myself a Christian, a pastor, and a teacher of others, but I had never shared in the sufferings of Christ as this Russian officer now shared them. Looking at him, it was like seeing Mary Magdalene weeping at the foot of the cross, faithfully weeping when Jesus was a corpse in the tomb. Then I read to him the story of the resurrection and watched his expression change. He had not known the Savior arose from the tomb. When he heard this wonderful news, he beat his knees and swore, using very dirty but very holy profanity. This was the crude manner of speech. Again he rejoiced, shouting for joy, He is alive, he is alive. He danced around the room once more, overwhelmed with happiness. Amen. When was the last time we were broken? Has the story become old to us? Has it become old to us? When was the last time we rejoiced that our Savior is alive and that he's with us everywhere we go? When was the last time we rejoiced when one sinner came to Christ, man? There's a party, literally a party going on in heaven when one person comes to Christ. The cross is powerful. When one person comes to that cross and gives their life to Jesus, it is powerful. It is amazing. It is a soul. God cares about that one soul. He would leave the 99 to go after that one soul. There's power. We need to rejoice. We need to rejoice that that Christ would actually come down and die. Guess what? Because Jesus Christ had a choice when he was here on this earth. He didn't have to die. Because if he was a man just like you and I, he had free will. And when was the last time we rejoiced that he would take the debt that we owe? When was the last time we rejoiced that he resurrected and that he defeated the enemy? When was the last time we rejoiced? When was the last time we rejoiced when our our friend came and gave their life to Jesus? When was the last time, or are these things becoming old to us, old news? Oh, we've seen that before. Oh, we've heard that story before. Tell me something new. Where we would rather go spend three hours watching a movie than than knowing about our Savior, than spending that time face-to-face with Christ Jesus alone. Don't let it become old. God Almighty doesn't want you to, to just become numb to it. Don't let it become religion. Don't let it become just another song that we sing when we come up to these altars right now. Vanessa, I want you to come sing the song. This song is so powerful. To him who sits on the throne. I I don't know if that's what it's called, is it? Vanessa's going to share the words before she starts playing it so that those who have never heard it before can sing along. Once again, this isn't working. And I want you to, to let it be just an offering of praise, a sacrifice of praise unto God, for you to close your eyes and for you to meditate on what that meant. Not just the cross, but all of it, everything that he endured for us, for you and I alone. If it was just for one person, he would have done it. For one of us, he would have done it. He accomplished much more than that. He came to save the world. He came to start a revolution. Amen? He deserves all the praise, all the glory, all the honor. It's his forevermore, whether you know it or not. But thank God that we have Christ. So let us rejoice tonight. Let us come back to the cross tonight. Let us ask the Holy Spirit to teach us what it means once more. It's not religion. 
not religion. It's not religion. We, we say that all the time to people. Let's say it to each other. Yes. It's not religion. Jesus, it's not religion that we want. We are, are worshiping a real God, the living God. Amen? He's after your heart. Don't worry about the numbers. Don't worry about the visitors. He, he comes to meet with you. He doesn't just come for the visitor. He comes for the leaders. He comes for, the, for all the other ones who are working in other ministries. He comes for you. He desires to meet with you over and over and over again. He waits for you to wake up so that he can hear your voice. Come on. He waits for you to get on your knees, to be transparent in his presence. Let us share with him. Let us share with him. Let us come to him for more than just the blessings, for more than just the manifestations of his, of his power, of his, of his presence, more than just the gifts. Come on, let us come for him. The cross accomplished something powerful that day. And you are here because of that. Let us get onto our feet. We're going to come up to this altar. And, and Rachel, Ricky, and myself, we're going to go around. We're just going to pray for you.